Hello listeners, I'm J.D. Hall. Welcome to Urban Legends and Scary Stories, a podcast that discusses a wide range of scary topics such as paranormal encounters, urban legends, and scary stories. For this episode, I have reached out to the horror community. I will be reading a short story from P.D. Oliva from his book, Beyond the Chamber Door. The short story is called Somnium, and I will be reading the story in two separate parts due to its length. Don't worry, the second part will be made available shortly after this one. I would like to provide a short disclaimer. This episode of Urban Legends and Scary Stories contains adult language and instances of violence. If you are below the age of 18 or don't enjoy this kind of content, please find a different episode of Urban Legends and Scary Stories to enjoy. If you do enjoy this story, please find the author on Twitter at author. That's at P-D-A-L-L-E-V-A-A-U-T-H-O-R. Or visit his webpage at pdaliva.com. That's all one word. If you enjoyed today's reading, remember to subscribe to the Urban Legends and Scary Stories podcast. You can find me, J.D. Hall, on Twitter at ULSS underscore podcast. That's Urban Legends and Scary Stories podcast. Again, that's at ULSS underscore podcast. And now, on to the story. Somnium. He stepped out of the limo to the screaming, adoring fans. He wore sunglasses, even under the dark of the full moon. He always enjoyed the fame, always sought the hum of a million fans, and tonight he was something greater, something greater than a lie or fabrication. He would stir them tonight, he thought. It was in the blood, sitting in his veins like ice water. And he thought, this feels right. This is where I belong. Why hadn't it come along sooner? Jumping, screaming fans, their lungs were deafening as they hung over the red carpet. It was his gift, and he understood they wanted to see him play, to reach their hearts with the stroke of a single chord and that sweet voice sailing into the wind so versatile and so smooth like velvet. The pop of cameras, they all wanted a shot at him, their hands reaching for his chest, finding fabric. They even loved the beard, loved every choice he'd ever made. But still, he was on even key, never wavering, never distraught. Always the most composed. The entourage vaulted him through the corridor, up the stairs to center stage. Those in the darkness carried sullen minds. Their eyes burned a hole through him. Still, the screaming persisted. He couldn't see any face beyond the front row, but he knew they were there, begging for the show to begin. He took center stage, just as the lights faded and the concert hall turned black. The crowd hushed. Hearts tightened. The first chords were played, ringing in the start of the show, and as the words melted off his tongue, the hush fell to silence. The screams turned to vapor. What you hiding in that overcoat? What you hiding in those cargo shorts? Can I have my class back? This voice was monotone, as if reached onto the stage from a hole in the space in between. 
from another dimension. But he couldn't stop. Everything in his heart poured across the audience, his audience. The screaming, adoring fans stiffened like plastic superheroes in a child's playroom. Time was frozen. Only he moved, his lips, his voice. Jimmy, that monotone female voice called again. What you doing in the bathroom stall? Every path in his life came down to one moment. What you doing when she walks through the door? Can I have my class back now? Asked the voice, so irritating and persistent. Digs her nails in and drops your balls to the floor. They hadn't stared at him or even paid attention to him since forever. He was the quiet one that classrooms forgot about quite quickly. The classroom was bright and clean, and the students stared at him with indifference. Professor Collar shrugged her shoulders. Jimmy, she said, looking at him strangely. He wanted to put away his guitar, but the instrument had vanished. Some of the students snickered and snarled. Where are you, she said, daydreaming again. He stood up. The room was eerie and quiet. All eyes were watching. He went to, the, went to speak, but no sound came from his throat. He darted for the door, leaving the classroom. I know what's happening to you, Professor Kohler said. Jimmy sat beside the desk. Confused no longer, he came back to this reality. Drugs, she said, closing her book of class notes. His lips quivered. He cleared his throat and his face twitched. His voice was soft when he said, I don't take drugs. Professor Kohler sighed. Alcohol, you can't deny that something is influencing your behavior. You started this program top of your class. Now it's a struggle just to turn in your assignments on time. You drift off in class. It's like you're not even here. It's, I'm just not sure anymore. She sat back, staring, sizing him up. Jimmy, I've read through your file. This is the third program you've started. You're 24 years old. Don't you think you need to finish something? Learn to commit? Jimmy paused before answering. Have you ever believed you were meant for something more? Put on this earth to create something magnificent? I believe we all have a role to play. Shakespeare, he scoffed. Her eyes cringed. Every artist has those feelings. It's called a muse. It's what inspires us to create. But not everyone achieves greatness. No, but there are so many achievements. The dream never dies, Jimmy. The tune just changes. We all make contributions that inspire. Some of us in different ways. There is always an inspiration for the great ones, and those come from people who tone down the dream for whatever reason. You mean give up? She paused again. You are talented, Jimmy, but don't wait for fate to come knocking. What is that supposed to mean? It means, Jimmy, that there's a difference between daydreaming and being proactive with your dream. Life doesn't hand anything over freely. You've got to make it happen. And Jimmy, I just haven't seen you take proactive stance in any of your assignments. You look to run when you haven't even begun to learn to walk. He knew otherwise. His walking was paramount in any of the hundred books scattered across his apartment. Listen, I know you come from a poor family. I know you're here on student loans that'll break the bank when you're through. But you can't hide in school forever. It's time to take charge. She sighed. I'm probably out of my mind, but... She handed him a slip of paper. Jordan's sist is a friend of mine. He runs the Opus Theater 
and he's always looking for a good writer with fresh ideas. Call him. See what he can help you with. Jimmy nodded. Thank you, he said, stuffing the paper into his pocket. He started for the door. And Jimmy, she said, dress right. Talk professional. This is a major opportunity for you to do something with your talent. He smiled smugly. Can you call me Charles or Charlie? Her eyes widened. You want to be known by your middle name? Yes. Jimmy is my father's name, and I don't want anything to do with him. Not in any way, shape, or form. She stared at him. Stared a long time before she said, What happened to Anna, Charlie? The two of you were like two peas in a pod, all semester, and then... It's like a switch went off and neither of you even throw each other a glance. She's out of her fucking mind. That's what happened. He didn't allow her to respond. He just walked away. Jimmy was capable of murder. This, Charlie was sure of. There was always the anger, the resentment, and the deep-seated desire to destroy what was beautiful. Charlie draped his overcoat over his shoulders, stood in front of a mirror looking at himself, waiting, waiting for Jimmy to appear, as he had been lately. Charlie welcomed Jimmy inside the mirror. Long ago, when Charlie was a child, he prayed for someone to come and help him, but when no one showed, he started chanting in the mirror, and that's where he met Jimmy. Jimmy would appear to him and say sweet words of encouragement when Charlie's dad was on another rampage, too sick to pay him attention. But Jimmy, as Charlie came to call him, provided a sense of belonging and attachment that he could play with and laugh and sometimes even cry. Jimmy was always there to cradle him when things got tough, but Jimmy had gone one day and Charlie waited for him to come back. Waited a long time. It was only when Anna left that Jimmy came back. Something Charlie truly needed. Jim, Charlie said. Jim, are you there? He stared into the mirror, hoping Jimmy would talk. But the room was too bright and Charlie remembered that Jimmy liked the dark. So he turned off the light, lit a candle, which he placed on the sink by the mirror, which started to waver like a stone dropped into water causes circular ripples. There you are. Charlie said and smiled. I was beginning to think you wouldn't come. Charlie, Jimmy said, I grow tired of you. You bore me too much with these dreams of yours you never do anything about. Wouldn't it be better if you forgot about it? Went and took up a trade career, something where you don't have to dream so big? I don't want you to have to be disappointed. But we've come so far, we can't give up just yet. Jimmy touched his forehead, shaking his head. I just don't know, Charlie. You don't seem like you want it enough. Like you'd do anything to have it. Don't you know that dreams remain dreams unless you do something to capture them in your hand? But I do. I write and read all the time. Go to classes like I'm supposed to. Class? Charlie, really? Schools where you hide, not venture forth. Oh, Lord, Charlie, you're such a fool. Such a damn fool. I feel I'm wasting my time with you. And it's been such a long road helping you. But the lady, Charlie said. Remember the lady, fortune teller? She said I'd make it if I passed the test. And have you? Charlie stiffened. I'm on top of my classes. I can pull it together before the semester ends. I... Classes. 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 Again with the classes. That's all you talk about are the classes. You just don't get it, Charlie. 
Charlie dropped his eyes to the floor. But she said all I had to do was pass. And beware of casual influences. His eyes jumped back to Jimmy. And, and the dream would happen. Given to you on a silver platter, Jimmy said. How magnificent. His smile was ear to ear. Exactly. You're still like a child I'm holding up by the bootstraps. Jimmy reached his hand out. Give me your arm, Charlie. Charlie was hesitant. Turned his eyes to the floor again. It doesn't do any good anymore. It used to make me forget. Now it just makes me feel. Now, Charlie, you must be punished. Charlie rolled up the sleeve of his overcoat and put his wrist in Jimmy's hand. Good boy. Jimmy squeezed the wrist and Charlie winced. Jimmy sliced his wrist with the fingernail from his free hand. Slice, slice, slice. Three cuts drew blood that raced down Charlie's arm. Jimmy's eyes widened from the sight of blood. See what I had to do, Charlie? See what you bring me to? Charlie wouldn't look at the blood. Instead, he rolled down his sleeve and tried to put it out of his mind. It's futile dealing with you. I'm tired of coming here. Charlie jumped. Don't go. Please, don't. You're the only one I can talk to. No one else understands. They're all... They're all dastardly and demonic. I can't even look at them. Even Anna's become... Jimmy's voice heightened, echoing as if in a tight corridor with hurricane winds. Never mention that name. You are not worthy. How dare you bring her name up when I am here? She never loved you like I love you. The voice was so strong, it slammed Charlie backward onto the floor. I'm sorry, Jimmy, Charlie hollered. Don't you even love me, Jimmy said. Charlie scrambled to his knees. Of course I do. You know I love you. You're all I have. Jimmy looked on Charlie with disgust. I will do anything, Charlie cried. Jimmy paused, his breathing heavy and hoarse. Then prove it, Charlie, Jimmy said. Do something for me. This concludes the first part of Somnium. Please subscribe to Urban Legends and Scary Stories to hear the conclusion available soon. In the meantime, follow the author on Twitter at P-D-A-L-L-E-V-A author. That's P-D-A-L-E-V-A author. Or visit his webpage at P-D-A-L-E-V-A.com. You can follow me on Twitter at U-L-S-S underscore podcast. Until next time, check your locks and don't go out alone. I'm J.D. Hall, and this has been Urban Legends and Scary Stories.